girl's name? Hey, oh, Mac, Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Raps Rant, all things Raptors, all things NBA, episode four, with our hosts, Philip Marion and Patrick Harris. Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Phil. Long, uh, a long day of watching football. Get my, got to get my mind back in the basketball. Uh, get my mind back in the basketball, but uh, certainly a long week uh, for the Raptors. Lots of games, lots of action. That was a fun weekend, actually, for Toronto sports fans. I know a few people. Last night had Leafs, Raptors, and football on. Yep. If you had a multiple screen set up, you were living nicely. Yeah, and if you're a Bills fan, it was a uh, if you're a Bills and, fan. Yeah, exactly. You know, Toronto and Toronto uh, is typically a lot of Bills fans reside in Toronto, so yep. it was a good Toronto night. Absolutely, and everybody won, <laughs> which is more than you can say for the Raptors at the beginning of the week. No, exactly. Well, let's let's highlight that. Let's get right into it. So I actually, before we get right into it, so we both said I, I I did think they would go two and two. I think you were saying the same thing, uh, except they won the the games I thought that they would win. They didn't, <laughs> and the, the ones they would lose, they didn't. Well, I thought they'd lose one of those two. I thought, but, split, yeah, I thought we'd split with uh, Golden State and in Portland, and I thought we'd split with Charlotte. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, two and two is two and two. But uh, with the closeness of the, the two games, like watching those, I, I, they were really frustrating. And well, I mean, four four games in a row, it came down to the last shot. The cardiac kids, man, they're keeping all their fans on the on the edge of their seat till the end. It was uh, some of those, the ends were the endings of those games were uh, not for the faint of heart. Rough. So, Golden State, we lost one hundred six, one hundred five. Siakam high score, twenty five points, eleven boards. Lowry had six assists. Portland, we lost 112-111. Siakam high score again, 22 points. He had 13 boards, 10 assists. First ever triple-double. Yeah. Charlotte, we win 111-108. Boucher, 25 points, 10 boards. And the next game against Charlotte, winners 116-113. Powell, 24 points. Boucher had nine boards. Van Vliet, high assist, 10 our record is four and eight, one game back of the eight seed. So, uh, I'll, I'll start off with a couple of positives because I like to change the narrative of always being so negative. <laughs> yeah, I really loved Pascal Siakam those two road games. He stopped. He continued with his lack of three point shooting and just looked a lot more confident. And you can see, obviously, the assist totals gets a triple double. He was just a Great factor. Played good de- good defense. Uh, his decision-making was great. I loved that he was also the last. Now, Golden State, it was probably pretty clear that he was not going to be the inbound play on that last shot and ended up taking the last shot. But I was happy both nights. I mean, Golden State shot was pretty difficult one, but it was a good look. And it almost went down. I mean, it was in and out. And then Portland, you couldn't ask for better better. Uh, shot from pascal it just no, I, go, he just got to make it i mean it was like a six foot little floater totally agree should have gone in and he read it beautifully too i mean he he was driving in double team came kind of shook it off just was patient and then went right back in got the shot he wanted and it's just unfortunate it didn't go in 
Yep. No, I listen, I couldn't agree more. I I was really impressed with Pascal's play in both games, especially the uh, especially the game against Portland where he went off. Um, but, uh, you know, it's hard for me to be optimistic about it when, you know, it was sort of followed up by two pretty dismal performances against Charlotte. Well, what's going on with him in Tampa? Is it the you were saying before the the we started recording, like, is it the Florida air? What's wrong? I mean, the bubble, he's terrible. And I don't think he's played a good game in Tampa so far. I don't think so either. And so, I mean, I, I can't, I, can't. I mean, he was brutal. Like, and he went back to shooting threes again. He was over five last night. Um, two nights ago, I think he took over four. like, you know, if he, if he starts shooting five, he gets five plus attempts from three. I'm upset about it. Yeah. We talked about that. We talked about that last week. I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially with the amount of shooters we have on our team, we don't need him taking those shots. And, and he's proven it time and time again, when he takes, when he sort of buries his head and takes it to the bucket, he's successful. And for some reason he's, he's getting away from that. It's because he's obviously lost confidence. Um, but we saw in the game against Portland when he, when he was doing what he needs, what he needs to do, which is, which is get off the three point line. Uh, he's able to have a really big impact for this team. And I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, I don't know what it, what it is. I'm, it's got to be a confidence thing. You know, it's it's like, why is he not back to, you know, if you look at all, like Pascal from 2019, when he shot threes, they were only in the corners. Yep. So it, it's, it, it, he should only be shooting threes from there. Or if it's not in the corner, it's a late shot clock scenario where it's like, oh, well, if he has the ball, he's got to put it up if he happens to be there. But I just don't know why he's not. You know, the, the where he's shooting the three, too. It's just when you're not a good three-point shooter, you want as much of an edge as possible to corner three is easier. Just shoot from there. Yeah. But I'm not a coach. No, <laughs> totally agree. Uh, it was – and the other thing I wanted to point out about the Golden State game, because that was the one I, you know, I really wanted, and uh, uh, free throws. Yeah, they were really struggling from we the missed, line. I mean, we missed eight free throws in that game. Pascal missed four, I think. And yeah, I you know I hate blaming things on free throws. I'm not the guy who's going to stand here and blame things on free throws. No, it's, it's you're right. It's, it's sorry, you're right. It's unacceptable, but they happen sometimes. There's games where you know you just miss. Like, you know, Boston today played the Knicks and they just lost by thirty at home. Kemba returning. I know they didn't have Tatum, but they were under fifty percent from the free throw line. And I think they probably challenged the Knicks record for worst three point shooting percentage. It was awful i watched a bit a bit of the game but just happens so yeah but one of the other things i noticed when i was looking at some of the some of the free throws from from previous games was that it's it's not the fact that we're necessarily missing them like last night i think we got to the line you know sort of 26 times which was really good but um in in the golden state and portland game i don't think we were and it just goes to show you that settling for those outside jump shots, settling for the three point yep. shot, not taking the bucket in. We're not we're not getting to the line as much as we should. Yeah, um, I agree. But all in all, like my overall comment on the week was, you know, four games. We won two, we lost two. We could, we were in each game. We had big leads in both games, and and we collapsed. And but I still liked what I saw. And to go, especially in the Portland game on the on the second night of a back to back on the road against Damian Lillard and McCollum and Nurkic and those guys. I, I was pretty impressed with the effort. And uh, oh, they, they ended up with two wins. Portland I, stole good. that game. Portland stole that totally. game. Totally. And I was very impressed as well because I thought that was the game. I thought they were going to get shredded, you know, back-to-back. 
I was expecting a tough game, Golden State, and just the way things have been going with with perimeter defense. I thought it was hopeless. But, yeah, great game. So, yeah, they, they're more competitive. We're not seeing really bad performances. Uh, this you know coming up week is going to be extremely tough. But let's before we move on to that, you know, uh, some of the really surprising factors that I saw are surprising players. Maybe it's well, it's not that surprising, but Chris Boucher was, yeah. and he just uh, he was he's been exceptional. Phil he is. It's I I know I'm doing this out of uh, out off the agenda, but uh, I will say my unacceptable for this week is on me, and it's my own unacceptable on all of my negative comments on Chris Boucher. I take them all back uh, without reservation. Uh, what a week for that guy! If you know, he's been his highlight reel blocks and dunks uh, and his emerging three point shot have sort of uh, have been great all year, but it really came together this week. It was so much fun to watch. He's such great energy off the bench and he is the most uh, he's an odd player. Like he he kind of, you know, how does he not get shoved around? Like, does he have that wiry strength? I mean, it looks like he weighs 120 pounds. And he put on, I think he put on 20 pounds of muscle over the summer. Yeah. No, he's definitely put on some, what you can tell, which is just shocking, like what he looked like before. But I love him. Uh, I thought he played great. Uh, And I, you know, we we talked about him or Aaron Baines last week. And I said, you know, keep him coming off the bench because he's providing that good spark. And he did not start, but he, I think last night he played, or uh, sorry, yeah, it was last night he played like 36 minutes. And Aaron, oh, he's been playing, he's been playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. A lot. Aaron Baines is not a factor. Um, And even last night where he He had to take on additional load because Len wasn't playing. Um, No, I thought it was great. I thought uh, Norm Powell has been, is back in his his season form, which is, which is really good to see. He's shooting the ball really well. I think it's season high. Six or career high six. Oh, player of the game for last night for sure. Totally. Uh, and 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 then the third the third guy coming off the bench, which you know we picked him up last year was Stanley Johnson. He had um, he did he's not going to his stats aren't going to sort of uh, jump off the page at you, but the, he certainly passed the eye test for me. He was he had brought in a lot of energy. He was really involved on the defensive end of the floor, and he was doing those intangible things to make plays happen. And then when he is getting open for shots, he's making them. And so I was just, I was just really impressed. I know he was minus last night um, because I think he was on the floor for that stretch when, um, when Charlotte went on a run, but in the three previous games, he was coming off the bench and he was, he was uh, plus in each game. And I was just, I've been really impressed with him. We haven't had a chance to see much of him over the last two years, but he was, he's been great too. He's showing what I thought he was going to be when we got him. I mean, he was the, he was more, I don't want to call him a headliner free agency signing, but he was supposed to obviously play more than Rondé Hollis Jefferson and you were expecting him to be in the rotation. And for some weird reason, he was just God awful last year. And I probably, you would associate it with just trying too hard to impress every time he was out. It was like, he was trying to do something too, too much on the court, right? Pressing to take a shot when he didn't have to pressing to, you know, make something happen. I think he's relaxed a bit and relied on just playing defense the last two possessions last night, he was the guy covering covered Devontae Graham. Yep. Excellent perimeter defense, forced there, forced the shot clock, shot clock violation. And even the next possession, just they couldn't get anything off. So defense was stellar. And Jack Armstrong mentioned last night, you know, he's staying in his lane. You know, offensively, he's going to just take what 
guys like Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, those are the guys with the balls making the ball making the decision. Just stay in the corner, stay in your lane. Yep. If you get a chance for a shot, take it. Take it. No, and so he was playing really well. So I mean, on the whole, you know, I think uh the the with the exception of of uh Pascal, uh all our guys are doing what we expect of them. And I'm really happy to see that, especially from those three guys coming off the bench. And so I think what what remains, I don't know about you, but it's still, you know, that big uh, hole at the center p- position, um, y- you know, Boucher notwithstanding, and um, and the inconsistency of Pascal. Those are the those are the two things that still stand out as what I think is stopping us from from winning games. Yeah, well, it's it just makes it that much harder to win the 50-50 games right. when you have that one when you. You don't have a, a, a good defensive rebound, a rebounding presence. It, it's not good. That's been a big weakness. I'm seeing a way too many second chance points for, for teams late in the games. And yeah, if you have Siakam kind of on and off and just playing horrifically in Tampa, I mean, if, if Siakam is playing well, those games shouldn't be, they should be easy ones, you know? I will say this, though. LaMelo Ball is looking to be everything advertised. I love watching him play. He's the real deal. He must be, uh, uh, you know, sometimes coaches might, might cr- they must cringe. I mean, like every single time he's passing, it's a, a one, oh, it's just like it's a, it's a one-handed pass, like over the shoulder, no look, like every single one. Yeah. Can you use two hands? <laughs> I don't yeah. care. I enjoyed watching it. I mean, he's accurate with them and he's awesome. I mean, like youngest player ever for a triple-double. I, I really enjoyed watching him. Uh, it was great. Although it was pretty cool, and Boucher blocked him and pretty much stepped over him and gave him that look and shook his head. That looked really good. Awesome. Yeah. Anytime, yeah. Anytime you're playing a team and a, and a rookie, you get really frustrated with a rookie on the other team. It means they're uh, they're having an impact. Yeah. Right? He's exactly. yeah. He's legit, and I think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be really fun to watch. Well, here, here's how special Boucher's been. Here are his last five games. Ridiculous. He's literally been twenty three points, ten and three blocks. 15.6 rebounds, six blocks, 20 rebounds, eight or 20, 20 points, eight rebounds, three blocks, 25, 10, and two blocks, 20 points, nine, nine boards, two blocks. Like, and he's doing that. The most minutes he played in the game was 32. That was last night, wasn't it? No, he played 31 last night. Oh, I played 31. Yeah. I mean, like, so, but it just, that's, you got a guy that is competing for a six man plus most improved. And if he keeps it up on the block end, et cetera, he might get a all defense nod if he keeps think, it up. Do you think it's a case uh, of the league not figuring him out yet? Or do you think that it's his – do you think he's uh, just that athletic and that wide and have the, that great wingspan that's able to do it? Uh, do you mean defensively or just, Offense. you know, kind of – Offensively, I think he's got a – diverse enough game i mean you the thing with boucher where he can keep going is that he's still never going to be like a number one option or or a guy that you're going to feed in the post and say hey go do what you're going to do i mean his points are always coming off of aggressive uh being aggressive on the glass on the offensive side and he can shoot you know, if he's shooting the three somewhat well. I mean, he's going to get those shots. It's, it's, such weird. A- it's, it's so ugly, but it works, right? 
Yeah. I'm actually, it's gotten to the point where I'm actually confident when he shoots a three. I know. I'm when he, about it. When he um, used to shoot, he'd be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. One of the, but one of the things that's, that impressed me so much about him uh, this week was his baskets are, every one of his baskets I feel under the rim are tough. Like they're not easy baskets. The putbacks, uh, the the ones he gets off, off offensive rebounds, they just look really hard to do. And so that uh, I'm just really pumped about what I'm going to see from him this year. Well, the other thing, and this was not – I'm not going to credit myself with this. I didn't see it. But this is what Jack Armstrong was, was mentioning once again was that it really appears that Lowry and Boucher have a good connection out there. Yeah. He seems to know when to cut. When Lowry's got the ball, like you're seeing that 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 Lowry surge connection, and you have to remember, I guess. I mean, they've been playing together for a while now, yeah. and he saw and would learn from what he what Lowry Ibaka did last year, or the last couple of years. So, uh, very encouraging to see, and you know, it's always nice to see a guy from uh, Canada, yeah, make waves on the team, even though he's from Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it certainly bodes well for the future of uh, Canada's international program. What what did you think about uh, our OG watch? How how did you uh, rate? Uh, you know what, I, player on this podcast, OG Ananobi. I thought he did what he was supposed to do. He didn't. Well, didn't of course, uh, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Does he do it consistently? No. I you know I I'm gonna be I, I'm probably I he had over a good week. He did. I mean, he had 18 last night. I mean. Uh, I I don't mean to be overly harsh with him. I'm just starting to, I just need to see, I think I need to see another week or two of him consistently just showing up every night and scoring 15 a night. Like he's got to do that for me to, to remove the negative stigma I have attached to him. Yeah, that's fair. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. His defense is always going to be strong. Well, I guess not. I'm saying more. Uh, his defense is always going to be strong. Um, I kind of like the fact, I mean, I do get confused sometimes when Stanley Johnson's out there. I think it's him. I mean, they got the same sort of hairstyle. You know, it's like, you know, you get confused on the court. You know, I think similar numbers. Totally. Uh, but the two of them together are amazing, really physical, strong defenders. So I'm actually pretty excited about that. I like that combo for sure. Yeah. I mean, like that's really they did the switch last night on that possession where Stanley, like they they were bull. I was like, that's a nice, that's a nice duo Very. There. Very. Yeah. So um hey, OG, I, I I joke with some of my friends that I can't stand him, but OG's OG. He's a uh, an elite defender. I just wish that. He would be consistent on offensive end and be able to be relied on in fourth quarters. You know, he seems to disappear in the fourth unless he's getting a kick out three. He still can't dribble. Isn't that our whole team this year, though? Yeah, no, it, it is. It is. Well, I mean, so I guess to close out the week overall, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. I liked what I saw from a lot of the players and a lot of the things that we've been bitching about since the beginning of the season are still big holes that Nurse is going to have to figure out. Sure. I, I think you nailed it. The center position is just a really big issue, but otherwise they you saw some pride and passion, a lot more heart, and they, they're competing. So what's coming up in the week? Let's check it out. I think it's a tough one. It doesn't seem to you that we have, we've had a really tough schedule. It, it, it feels like we've only played teams above 500, or when we did play them, they were above 500. So it's like you look at New Orleans played, started the season well. 
we played San Antonio, Philly. New York is actually above 500 and playing some decent basketball. We played Boston, Phoenix, Golden State, Portland. Charlotte was over 500. Like, we've had a tough schedule. Yeah, so far. Uh, now it's getting even worse. All right, we got Dallas tomorrow. Coming off a of back-to-back, they got they got the shit kicked out of them by the Bulls tonight, which yeah, and highlights. But Luca got a triple double. Well, he did. I actually just sorry because I just checked out the box score, and it was like if you want to talk about a terrible triple double, I, I will call that one a terrible triple double. And the only reason why is that it basically it was the only they had. I think 18 assists as a team and Luca had 15 and he scored 36. So it's like nobody moved the ball. So it was just one of those. And he even said it himself after the game, he goes, I was very selfish tonight. Even though you would look at that box score and be like, Oh my God, what a game. No, it, it probably was not a, didn't get people involved enough or get the ball swinging. Yeah. So anyways, probably a good time to face Dallas. Yeah, I don't buy into the. I don't. I never buy. These guys are professional athletes, so I don't really buy into the whole. Oh, we got a couple of days rest. They're coming off a of back to back. They're traveling, etc. Um, these are these guys know how to play. The lame excuse. But I I'm actually more surprised at just the fact that they lost. Was seemingly the, a good their their starters in. They lost to Chicago, and uh, so I'm a, a little concerned that they'll be they'll be pretty hungry, looking for a bounce back game. But yeah. um, I like our chances going into it. Uh, I feel like we're. You know, coming off two wins, have some confidence, and yeah, I'm. I think well, I'm starting. I'm starting to feel like every night now. I'm not looking at it thinking like, "Oh, that's a loss. That's a loss." Now I'm thinking like, "Oh, there's a. I don't. I, I don't necessarily know, but I do believe that there's a good competitive nature every night. Is that fair? Yeah, totally. All and right. so we, I'm. I, I expect us to win. I don't think we're going to. Uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be competitive in tomorrow's game. No, uh, they don't have a dominant center, so Boucher should be able to. Boucher should. They be got able to, they, Porzingis. Is back. What's that? Porzingis is back. He is. Yes, he played today. Yeah, twenty points, I think. He was like zero of nine from three, though. <laughs> <laughs> so Dallas. Then we've got. So the next three games are at home, and we played Miami twice. So we got that weird home and home against Miami, Wednesday and Friday. And then this Sunday, and then we've got a, you know, we're at Indy. Can we talk about Miami for a second? Yeah. They had, uh, they had Jimmy Butler didn't, they lost to Detroit by a lot. And Jimmy Butler didn't play, Hero didn't play, I think Adebayo didn't play. uh, And Hero was, I think, hurt, but the others were in COVID protocol. um, And that was yesterday. Um, Are they going to be out? Well, that's the question. I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but, um, Hey, I'll take a, I'll take a break. I, I, Raptors can catch a break. If those guys are out, I hope they're all healthy and safe, but at the same time, I not going to miss them. Right. So, and, it, and it's going to be pretty hard for us to handicap that game without knowing if those guys are, without knowing if those guys are playing. I apologize. Bam, Bam did play, but uh hero, uh, uh, and, uh, and Butler and Iguodala or, and, uh, sorry, Leonard didn't, Huh. So, I mean, we'll just focus on like up till Sunday. So we've got Dallas, Miami, Miami, Indy. Indy is interesting as well. And obviously, it's going to be, you know, former assistant Ra- Raptors head coach, now head coach of the Pacers, has them playing pretty hard. They have had quite a bit of injury, though. Um, and also, Karis Levert is indefinitely out with a mass found on his kidney, which was uh, a really 
I'm hoping that it's uh, nothing too serious. Uh, which that known? I, that's a very good I question. I mean, I also, too, it. it's like, don't these trades have pending physicals? So that would have been found in his physical, right? So, yeah. I, I'm very, you know, it, like Harden's already played a game. Um, that whole trade has just gone through, and now he's out. And if it's bad, like, I mean, he might just be, like, those are the type of things where is that career-threatening. So I don't know, but so Indy, Indy's naturally, um, they already don't have uh, TJ Warren's out for the year, I think, or for extended period of time. And now you don't have Karras, the guy you traded for. So they're shorthanded, but still a dangerous team, a lot of talent. Yep. So bonus I'm predicting. Bonus and Brogdon have typically played the Raptors pretty well, so they're always going to be tough. Yeah, um, I, yeah look. I think it's going to be another. Uh, I'm just going to say, I think it's going to be another two and two. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, who, well, who? So let's go a little further. I think we're going to beat Dallas. I think we're going to split with Miami, and then I think we're going to lose to Indy. That's my. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, just for the sake of being different, <laughs> I'm gonna. Th- I'm gonna say we lose to Dallas. And uh, split with Miami and win, beat the Pacers first night. Okay. Well, I hope we're both wrong, and I hope they go four and zero. Well, the whole thing is if they could just uh, it's one of those things. The Raptors just need to play hard, lay low a bit. You know, based on the standings, uh, just just keep relevant, keep close, uh, and at some point, keep you know, at some point during the schedule, you might get a time where you can really get a streak and get yourself solidified into a playoff spot. You know, I've just adjusted my expectations for the year and what I'd like to see. You know, I'd, I'd feel proud for the Raptors to continue their playoff streak. So now I really don't care if they're the, if they're the eight seed at this point, I would like to see them get in. So what's the play in? Yeah. Is it a plan for like how many for the seven and eight seed? How does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So same deal as the bubble. Yep. Okay. And if you if so if you look at the the standings right now, um, Toronto and Miami and Washington are at the bottom, and in the play-in are Cleveland, Charlotte, and New York right okay. now. And so, you know, I am confident enough in our team to think we are going to finish with a better record than both than all three of those teams. I don't know about Atlanta. We're uh, we've gone back and forth on them all year, but I think I do think we're better than Cleveland, Charlotte, and New York, and we should be yeah. finishing ahead of them. I like you know I like our the Raptors' chances to get into the playoffs, um, but I think as we'll talk about a little later, uh, getting in the eighth seed is uh, just basically a a, a four game uh, <laughs> four game playoff. Trip. A first round exit, sure. At this point, I don't care. Um, like I mentioned before. If you can get serious player development from Siakam, OG, and Van Vliet, and some other people that you know are going to be around, that's good. Um, I, I was th- that's why I love that Siakam took those last two shots in Golden State and Portland. He's your guy going forward. Give him the ball in those scenarios. If he fails, he fails. He made good decisions in those moments. At some point, they'll start dropping. I agree. I hope they. I hope they will. But yeah, if the Raptors, I guess back to my point, if the Raptors go two and two, if they kind of just keep going 500 for a bit, they'll naturally be around the eight seed because probably seven, eight seed is going to be a losing under 500 record in this conference. 
and teams you're starting to see the eastern conference look like it should you've now got milwaukee boston indy and philly in the top four brooklyn is five so brooklyn will be in a brooklyn will exactly when brooklyn gets rolling so those are the i mean as far as i'm concerned those five teams are the five teams what's surprising is that miami is where they are and it's surprising that atlanta is struggling as as they are now Atlanta does have quite a few injuries. They lost Bogdanovich recently, which is not good, but um, those are the one team. So I'd expect Miami to go up at some point. Is it almost like they're tired or something like that? I mean, aside from dealing with COVID protocol right now, it's still been pretty disappointing to start the season. Yeah. Jimmy Butler did a thing about that today and uh, he doesn't feel, uh, he doesn't feel worried. He's not worried about it. So I, yeah, I mean, I I assume they're going to make a run at some point. They'll get an easy part of their schedule. So yeah, the six to eight seed I can imagine is going to be maybe not well under 500, but the, you know, they're not the greatest, not going to be the greatest record. So you get your shot. Yeah. And the, the Raptors just need to figure out a way to, to win those 50 50 games like the ones against Golden State and Portland. Get a couple. Yeah. On the well, right. if, if you revert back to the mean at some point, I mean, I think they've lost almost every single one that comes down to the last, last possession. Right. I guess for Charlotte, the last two ones, I'd say, you know, they never should have come down to the last possession, but they did. But in any event. Should we? Orlando. Uh, Orlando has been, they're, they're going to free fall. They've lost five in a row. Markel Fultz was showing that he was a big glue glue guy for that team. He's out. Yeah, and he's out for the season, I think. Yeah, Cleveland stinks. I don't even know why they're six and seven. Um, yeah, Charlotte, same deal. So yeah, we'll see. I, I mean, I'm not feeling as as hopeless as before. I was ready to say, like, we're gonna be last in the Eastern Conference. We're a disgrace of a franchise, but I've moved on from there. What uh what do you do with your Messiah right now? Are you looking nothing? I, I mean, honestly, you're not even looking for a center. You're not looking for anything unless something. I mean, I, I guess my whole point would be like, why would you? I mean, it, it, yeah, let your players develop and keep playing as it is. Um, I, I don't just give it a bit more time. I mean, if you can, first of all, who are you going to trade for right now? that would make a big enough impact for anything. And I just, unless you can get like Andre Drummond, which would be a big deal for our team. I, I don't know who, and like, you know, they, they, who are you giving up for that guy? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I just don't think there's many options for trades for us right now. And yeah, I just don't see the need. Um, it's this franchise has to operate with patience at times. And this is one of them. We're not, like the Brooklyn's and Boston and Lakers Clippers, where you have the luxury of free agents wanting to go to your destination, where if you screw up with a midseason trade, well, you could probably fix it a lot easier than we could. Yeah. So we have to focus on continued player development. And if we, if we really start to tank again, and we know we're going to be a lottery team towards the trade deadline, you look at, moving yeah no for sure now actually there was another um i wish i i think i did note it also at this point not the trade deadline i believe is in march but a lot of players don't become sort of trade eligible until february 6th so there right now is definitely a period where the where the raptors can't do anything 
even if they wanted to, they wouldn't. So this conversation probably will be reserved, would be a better discussion around February the 6th. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, now that I even mentioned it, I, I would love Andre Drummond on this team. Remember when everybody freaked out, even thinking about getting him and be like, he's just, no, no, no way, don't get him. I was like, oh, man, I'd love to have Drummond. I wanted him for sure. I wanted him. Oh, man. It's one of the things that I, that I do love expecting. If, if we think that, you know, barring some unforeseen thing that prov- makes the Raptors go on some huge run, I think, you know, sort of six to eight seed is a, is a realistic place for us to finish. One of the things that makes me really happy about the Brooklyn trade is that when teams like Milwaukee, uh, Boston, and Philly, who I hate, uh, they they probably thought you know now okay Toronto's on on the on the descend it's our time to shine and then boom, here comes Harden he's going to make join KD <laughs> they literally got on one of the worst teams that they'd rolled over for the last two seasons they oh. got players in the NBA to play against now and the Eastern Conference is basically uh, you know it, it's it's Brooklyn's for the for the taking. Oh, for sure. Like without a doubt. I love how Harden just casually goes off for a triple double in his first game. Him and him and Durant combined for 72 points. Like, come on. It was just, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what's the negative with that team is just it, the only thing that can happen is that Kyrie Irving somehow destroys it. That is the only possible chance. Otherwise they have to be the favorites. I don't know. Is their D that bad? I've watched James Harden play D before. He actually be, he actually does turn it on. Kevin Durant can play D. Kyrie Irving uh, Irving stinks, but guess what? You can. Anyways, they're going to be fine. That yeah, was it's gonna our be- division sucks now. It's so much harder. One of the but one of the things that everyone's been talking about, all the haters on Harden and and Kyrie, and, and basically saying that they're you know Kansas in the locker room and they're bad to have around a team and they can't win, etc. I don't I, I I don't agree. You know, Kyrie when he pl- had to play with LeBron, he played he was great. He was great oh, yeah. with LeBron. And when Harden Harden played really well with Westbrook, he played really well with Chris Paul. Um I like I think this team if if Kyrie ever decides to play again, I noticed that they upgraded him to questionable for tomorrow's game, which I guess is a big step in the Kyrie saga. Um but if he comes back and fits into this team like he should, it's just going to oh. be absurd. Yeah, you know, it, and I and I agree with you too with the James Harden hate. It's like, are you joking? Because it, you call him a loser, but at the same time, he was one win away, game seven from beating those Kevin Durant led Warriors with Chris Paul, and that was just a special scenario, a special season. Came close, and Chris Paul got injured. Otherwise, they could have beaten them. For they sure. were confident for sure, and so. Uh, yeah, not a loser. Plays well with people. Uh, you know, he go and out as a bit. Of, he seems very happy to be playing in Brooklyn. I think it's going to. Well, be- he lost like fifteen pounds in three hours. <laughs> I don't understand how that was possible. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it, and it, fun and depressing. Just knowing that we're now up against that we so many our- times every year. Yeah. Sucks. We have a ring, though. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's all. It's, that's, that's what we're going to have to say. Hey, we, we won. Have, we got one. Title. We won a title. Um, you know, it's someone else will 
the Kevin Durant and James Harden are, and Kyrie Irving aren't going to be playing together forever. No. And if the Raptors, you know, long term, they can keep hey, we- building, bring in a bring in a, a couple more players, and you know, by the time those guys are leaving, maybe we can be coming back up and can work hey, out. We got we got Chris Boucher. We got Boucher, man. He's going to cure all that ills us. All right. So here, here's the quote. This is what I mentioned on the trade eligibility. I was right about the date. So this is from Josh Lewenberg. Um, for reference, Baines, Len, and Bembry become trade eligible on February the 6th. Van Vliet and Boucher on March 3rd. And Ananobi is subject to the poison pill provision until his extension kicks in ahead of next season making his contract difficult to move. What about Lowry? Uh, there is no mention of Lowry in this. Which means they can probably trade him right now. Correct. So that's what I mean by Masai is going to just have to wait, and we will see. I would hope he does nothing. What are, you, what are we going to do? Are we going to sacrifice some players or development for – for someone to bring in and get us to the eight, six to eight seed. Like, come on, who cares? Like we, hopefully we can get a nice draft pick. Maybe we can sign someone decent in free agency next year. Cause there's a lot of players available. Eh, we'll see. But at the same time, you give it a shot. Yeah. Some point, someone's going to break the mold and choose Toronto. That's like a notable free agent. I'm not talking like the Stanley Johnson's of the world. Are, you know, it, it, here's a, who is our greatest free agent signing? Biggest name was like wanted around the league. Hedon No. Hito Turkoglu. Oh, right. Because he was actually a deal or a big deal. He'd just been to a championship. Teams wanted him. He chose Toronto. Be careful what you wish for, Toronto. Oh, that one couldn't have worked out worse. Yeah. But that. In my mind, I can't think of a bigger free agent signing. Maybe Damari Carroll was somewhat close, but Hito was a bigger deal than than Damari for sure. So those are your two top. And you would have thought the last the last three years would have been the time for a free agent to pick Toronto. If oh yeah, when you're winning, I mean, you look at the Jays of old; they they had no problem signing people, even if it was short term. Um, because people wanted to play here, play there. Now, yeah, I would say the Jays have a leg up because they play in the summer. So work. Yeah, I also think uh, it's it's a lot a little bit easier because uh, in the NBA you're effectively talking about American players coming to Canada, whereas in MLB, oftentimes it's it not really is global. They're not. Yeah, it's a global sport, and it's it's people from all over the world, and so coming to Canada is not that. Not big. No, I mean we just said. Like, I mean our you know Hanjin Ryu is a big deal. That was a big signing. Big signing, yeah. But no, I agree. I don't think I don't think they should make any trades. But I think uh, there'll be a lot of people looking at our team and the role players that we have and the pieces that we have coming playoff time. And I I would certainly be willing to pull the trigger um, to if if it means we can pick up some draft picks or good pieces to build forward. Yeah, for that, absolutely. I would really love that. I mean, if we stink and we're not going anywhere, go for it. And I would love to see Lowry compete on a great team and try and win another one. Yeah. If he has to go. So interesting. Anything else on the NBA? I think we're good, right? 
No, it's been a it's been a, a week dominated by the NFL, but certainly a lot going on. The Harden trade, nothing bigger than that, and it's just going to be like pop the popcorn and watch this team play because it's going to be a lot of fun. It is. Well, let's uh, co- actually before we go, we're actually going to have guest speakers. We are going to have some guests on. Um, we have talked to uh, we've talked to a few folks uh, in uh, in the sports industry in Canada who have agreed to be guests. They've heard. Uh, a few uh, a few of our episodes I guess and and they really uh, they're eager to come on and talk Raptors with us so uh, we watch the uh, the Raps brand social media and I guess we'll be announcing that uh, in the next few days yes we will thank you everybody until next time signing out <laughs>